0: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
2: Welcome to the Tuesday Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Litarski, joined today by Ben Miller. For some NBA talk later on, John's going to be joining us to talk about Week 14 running backs on FanDuel. But Ben here, you can follow at Doing Work. We're going to talk some hoops uh, and going to get things started pretty soon here. Real quick before that happens, though... So, quick reminder if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher please leave us a nice weight rating and or review it takes just a second uh, sorry to bug you guys about this every day but it really helps us get the word out help more listeners such as yourself Ben we're gonna get things started today uh, it's only a six game slate not a lot of high price guys so your your, your Durants and your Westbrooks and your Hardens aren't around here so maybe it'll let you go with a little bit more balanced lineup but John Wall at 9,500 is the highest price guy on the slate Uh would you use him, or would you use someone like Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, Hassan Whiteside? Who are your favorite high-priced guys tonight?
1: Well, yeah, we we really don't have um, uh, the eleven thousand, twelve thousand type mm-hmm. of players like James Harden or Anthony Davis. No Clayton Kershaw on the slate, tonight. right? Exactly. Um, so I definitely feel comfortable using you know two guys in that top four for salaries today. Um, John Wall is our highest salary at ninety five hundred. Um, I'm definitely getting him in my lineup. He's going to get a magic team that's allowing on average just over 44 points to point guards this season, mm-hmm. um, you know, which puts them in the bottom half of the league. There, um, I mean, Wallace we'll surpassed that 40 fan dual point mark threshold in each of his last four games. he mm-hmm. has um, been pretty consistent of late. I, I mean, this guy's logged double digit assists in six of his last seven games as well. Um, you know, bringing his season average up to 9.9, um, which is always a nice boost to his numbers. So I, I'm going to go, go ahead and uh, you know get on board with him today. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also like. I'm um, looking at one of those higher price centers. Um, originally, when I was looking at it, I was having some struggles, you know, looking between Hassan Whiteside and Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. Um, those are the two higher-priced guys, I believe. Um, I just like Whiteside's matchup a lot better than Towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, White Towns so- so- is
2: playing the Spurs, right? Yeah, and yeah. that always tends to you know hurt the value a little bit. We faded Giannis last night; that yeah. kind of worked out. So we're going to probably fade Big Cat against the Spurs, just a general DFS rule of thumb. Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I do like Whiteside's matchup a lot better um, mm-hmm. against the Knicks. Um, this is a Knicks team that's you know third worst in average Fanduel points against to centers with 48.8 per game. You know, while well, on the other hand, like we just said. Um, Towns against the Spurs, generally considered one of the best team defenses against big men. Mm-hmm. Um, the Whiteside is also a couple hundred dollars cheaper than Towns. I mean, that's only yeah. an added benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it makes sense to use Whiteside this time around. Um, he's coming off a 28-point, 16-rebound performance on Saturday, You know, which was that right around 57 Fanduel points. Um, so he's going to get his um, opportunities. I, I do think that's that's the better playoff for Townsend. Yeah.
2: It's almost surprising that the Knicks are giving up so many points to centers because they've got a front court with Kristaps Porzingis and Joakim Noah. But uh, Joakim Noah has been, I guess, you know, maybe not at one hundred percent. A little bit yeah. banged up. Yeah. He's missed, uh, you know, four games out of his last eight overall. So and he played twenty five minutes the other day, uh, two days ago on Sunday against uh, Sacramento. There, so uh, you know, maybe not at full strength. That New right. York Knicks front court. Joakim Noah mm-hmm. always thought of as one of the better defensive guys, but uh, you know Hassan Whiteside's a beast of his own, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. All right, so uh, looking at the Sixers-Grizzlies game, in uh, my limited NBA DFS experience, I know that the Sixers are generally a team to target, but there are a load of uh, injuries in this game here. Can you kind of break down the situations there and how you might be able to take advantage of that on
1: FanDuel tonight? Yeah, like you said, the Sixers-Grizzlies game is just riddled with injuries. It, it's definitely a mess. Um, on the Sixers side of things, they'll be without Nerlens Noel, um, Robert Covington, Joel Embiid, Um, Julia Okafor, Uh, Bayless came into the day questionable. I think he was the only one who had that, but uh, he missed 17 of the last 20 games for the Sixers, and I think he's still dealing with some lingering wrist soreness. So I think he was actually just ruled out uh, pretty recently. I'm looking at that right now. Won't be available
2: Tuesday against the Grizzlies. That's according to Tom Moore of the Bucks County Courier Times. Okay,
1: Yeah, so I'm definitely looking towards Sergio Rodriguez, who should draw the start again um, for a cheaper contract. He's put up back-to-back outings where he surpassed that 30-fandle point mark. Um, with 35.3 against the the Nuggets yesterday and 33 against the Celtics on Saturday. Um, he's been doing a little bit of everything out there, um, solid cross-category production, um, which includes five steals over the last two contests. Um, so what's he sitting at here? Forty six hundred, I believe. I'm putting 4, him into my
2: lineup as we speak. Actually, a decent, cheap counterpart. You you get two point guards on Fanduel. Use John Wall in one. Go ahead with Rodriguez and the other one. And you know, uh, you, just starting off a lineup, you, you start off with Wall, Rodriguez, and Whiteside. You still have sixty one hundred available per remaining player. So you yeah. get some good. Uh, you can still get some good balance in your, the rest of your lineup. Right.
1: So uh, anybody else in that game, uh, or are we mostly looking at Rodriguez? Um I, I do like Holmes, uh Rashawn Holmes again. He should be starting at center with both Embiid and Okafor out. Um the good thing about um his designation on FanDuel is he's actually designated as a power forward, so if you're still trying to use white side, um that he can still fit into your lineup. He's minimum contract, 3500. Um you know, normally third on the depth chart, but should draw the start. This this is um you know, this this guy could provide you some serious roster flexibility higher up. Mm-hmm. You know when you're yeah, at 3500. Yeah, you yeah. don't have
2: to give up using big cat or Whiteside to get him in your lineup here. And yeah, I mean he had 25 Fanduel points the uh, yesterday against Denver, and I mean yeah, he's had 25 multiple times over the course of the season. So and given the minutes he can he can do some damage.
1: Exactly. He's only had that tw- like over 20 minutes in six games this season. But mm-hmm. like you just said, I mean he's produced kind of when he ha- when he's had those opportunities, and when you have such limited bodies. Um, exactly. you're going to get those minutes, which, which makes sense to try and get that guy in your lineup. Um, and then on the grizzly side of things, I'm, I'm looking um, in that backcourt of Tony Allen, Andrew Harrison. Um, we talked a little bit about Harrison yesterday. He didn't have the best of games. Um, so I think we're, we're going to try leading towards Allen a little bit today. He's sitting at 4400 pretty cheap. Um, Harrison's at 4300 mm-hmm. um, But I mean, ha- Allen went off for 19 points, 14 rebounds yesterday. Um, you know, normally I'm avoiding a player who played 42 minutes in the first night of a back-to-back set. Um, but like I was talking about before with the Sixers, they really, there's, there's a shortage of bodies, you know, so, um, he's still got to play heavy minutes. There's really no alternative there. All right. Looking beyond that game, anybody jump out as
2: you, at you as a potential value play?
1: I think Wayne Ellington could be another one of those cheaper, mm-hmm. cheaper plays like both the Grizzlies and Sixers. Um, I'm making this pick largely because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, so no James Johnson tonight, no Deion Waiters, um, no Justice Winslow, um, Luke Babbitt, mm-hmm. and Josh Richardson are both questionable. Um, Richardson, mm-hmm. the guy, Richardson's the guy that could take some minutes away from Ellington, um, but I, I, I do still feel feel pretty comfortable. You know, using Ellington at uh, let's see where he's at at the price wise. He's at 4,300. It looks like
2: yeah, you gotta you're gonna have to. Uh, there's plenty of Shooting guard values, you know, Tony Allen, 4,400. Uh, Wayne Ellington's 4,300. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can get your uh, get your heavy guys elsewhere uh, on this slate tonight. Um, you know, with the top guys picked out and some of those cheap value plays, are you looking at any middle-tier guys in particular that you're trying to work into your lineup?
1: Yeah, uh, first off, Andrew Wiggins, he's still lingering down lower i mean he's in the he's only
2: 5900 this season, yeah. but and normally you avoid the spurs but in this case the price might be a little bit too good
1: yeah it's too good to be yeah you just got to have that 5900 for wiggins i mean this is a guy that earlier in the season he put up 40 he was he hit the 56 point Fanduel points he, he's surpassed that 40 mark plenty of times i, I think that that's well you're worth your value if um, you're getting him at 5800. it mm-hmm. uh, looks like earlier in the season he was all the way up to 7300 for his salary. So mm-hmm. I mean when he's dropped that much and he's got the potential to get, you know, those those big 40 50 point games, you got to you got to go for it. Yeah, I hear you
2: there. Uh what about Chris Stoppe's Porzingis? He sits at 5600. Uh is see someone you're looking at at all? I mean he gets that matchup at miami, so uh you know you yeah. he, he's essentially squaring off with Whiteside, though the two won't be matched up one on one all that often
1: right and he's actually at sixty or seventy six hundred mm-hmm. um so a little, um but I mean that's still a pretty good price for this guy you, you like you said, you do worry about maybe losing some rebounds to a guy like whiteside who's who um, mm-hmm. just kind of cleans everything up um, but Porzingis has still been extremely consistent this season at seventy five hundred that's not horrible, and it's you can still fit that in with your two ninety 9,500 type of guys of John Wallen and, in and Whiteside. And he's got the power forward designation, you know, flip him mm-hmm. in next to Rashawn Holmes at that minimum contract. Mm-hmm. And I think you're working well there. He's coming off that 15.14 yep. rebound um, game against mm-hmm. the Kings a couple of days ago. He's had a, a day off for rest. So, uh, I'm
2: pairing up Kristaps with uh, Serge Ibaka in my power forward position. I've got enough money left over for him.
1: He draws a matchup at Washington. Am I, am I okay in that? Yeah, I, I think you're definitely okay with that. Um, he's actually, for, for me, he surprised me a lot this season. He's, he's Mm -hmm. been one of those guys that's overproduced. Uh, You you can even tell with his value, you know, he started the season at like 4,800. He's slowly driven his value all the way up to Mm, 6,500. Yeah. Right. It, it, I, I do like him. I, I think this is a good matchup for him. Um, he's mm-hmm. kind of stroking it right now, um, yeah. so I think he's going to have all the confidence in the world. Exactly,
2: and against the Pistons, he had a season high in FanDuel points with 48.4 on
1: Sunday. Maybe he keeps that going uh, on yeah, Tuesday night. I, I mean, He's getting those steals and blocks, which is that, that's really huge for boosting your value. You know, three steals, four mm-hmm. blocks that last game. Yeah. So.
2: Always want to take a look at those per minute numbers when possible. Fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday. FanDuel offers fantasy football for everyday fans, also fantasy basketball. For everyday fans, new contests start every week to ensure there are no busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. New this year is an upgraded experience to get even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only, settle a score with a friend in a head to head contest, try a 50 50 contest where the top half wins cash, play in a larger tournament for even more excitement, or play for just a buck. There are choices for every budget. Ben and I are going to continue going over these NBA DFS lineups. Feel free to get at us on Twitter at BenMandoingWork at JakeSke. 52. We'll work with you to help get you going here. Uh, But Best of luck to you guys on FanDuel. I can't wait to uh, watch my boys John Wall, Hassan Whiteside, and Chris Stops in action this evening. Once again, have all the fantasy that football and basketball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. It is that time of the show when I am privileged to welcome back John McCackney. You can give John a follow on Twitter at Johnny McKecks. Uh, NBA all wrapped up for today. We're going to go ahead and look ahead to the Week 14 running back scenario on FanDuel. John. No week 14 buys, uh, of course. Uh, that's are uh, Yeah, right. we're finally past them. We're finally past that point where we can look at full slates every week. DFS players can truly dive in and analyze everything that the slates have to offer here. Let's start out with the Thursday night focus. Uh, the two backs here, this is an Oakland uh, and Kansas City game. Of course, this game be played in Kansas City, who's pretty red hot. Kansas City, one-and-a-half point favorites last I looked, but both backs in this game are getting themselves a price increase. Spencer Ware, who we thought was a little bit overpriced at seventy four hundred last week, gets a he scores two touchdowns, a rushing and receiving touchdown, gets a bump up to seventy six hundred. Then Latavius Murray, after scoring two touchdowns, another productive week, gets a bump up to sixty eight hundred. Now, do you consider using either of these guys? Or are you more in the in the camp where you want to bypass running backs on the Thursday night game?
3: well, I think that uh where where's market share last week was encouraging as it as it tends to be He had ninety four percent of the touches out of the chief's backfield, so that's <laughs> obviously something uh, that you like to see and then the 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 Raiders' defense, frankly, just isn't all that good against the run. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they got some name recognizability. Obviously, a guy like Khalil Mack can be a game record and such. But as a as a unit, I think they're like 27th as far as DVOA against the mm-hmm. run is concerned. And so as far
2: I've... as like standard fantasy points per game, they're giving up the fifth most. They've given up uh, only about a third of the teams in the National Football League have given up double digit rushing touchdowns, and
3: the Raiders are one of them as well. Okay, that's a, that's a really good point too. So you like mm-hmm. uh, his, his chances of, of potentially finding the end zone. Here on Thursday, especially at home, where where the Chiefs are really tough to beat, especially late in the season. So mm-hmm. I think I would target him over a guy like Murray. I know that uh, we talked about last week when we were talking about Freeman, how the Chiefs' defense is actually not as good as some people might think against the run. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not a big Murray guy for DFS purposes. And at 6,800, I don't think he's quite cheap enough for for where I'm really, uh, mm-hmm. you know, going out of my way to roster him this week. Yeah, I know we discussed the Chiefs last night, and that is a good point.
2: But they are they're getting healthier, which is good. Good good news for them. Dontari Poe was active. You know him and, as the nose tackle being there has a big time effect against the run. He was He's active. Large man. He was active in week thirteen. I'm assuming he'll be active once again. You know Justin Houston getting healthier. Uh, you know Taba Ali's a little bit banged up, but a lot of those guys that uh, were questionable or inactive in previous weeks are coming back I think here. Ford so. is
3: back too. D yeah,
2: Ford. D Ford. Yeah, that is correct. I, I missed him for whatever reason. They got. They have a loaded linebacking core. Yeah, I mean, Derek insane. Johnson, Justin Houston, Tom Bahali, D. Ford. Uh, they're just yeah, they're stacked here. So I, I I agree with you. Not only is the threat of a timeshare in Oakland a little bit menacing, but uh, just the fact that his price is up and he goes up against that defense, I'm probably fading Murray, but we're we're not a bad pick in that Thursday night game, but fortunately there's a full slate and there are plenty of running backs so we're going to jump on to week 14 uh, and kind of give you a little bit of analysis top to bottom on guys we like, guys we don't like, and guys we're a little bit on the fringe on let's start with the top tier, there are two backs that are 9,000 and above only two, uh, you know you think David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, all three of those guys would be up in that range however we just have two and the highest priced player on the entire slate this week checks in at 9700, and his name is David Johnson, this season's fantasy MVP so far. I mean, Zeke makes a case, but at least in recent play, David Johnson 9700. Now, he plays in Miami. Is this a
3: matchup where you're going to try to work David Johnson in
2: at that high price or are we looking towards other
3: options? It's it's really hard for me especially at this point in the season to to recommend like avoiding David Johnson in, mm-hmm. in any sense. I mean, uh, obviously 9700 really kind of pushes you to your limit as far as, you know, how else you can find uh, a way to fit him in, especially I was looking at the receiving uh, options this week, and usually I like to find some some cheap receivers if I'm going to get a guy like David Johnson didn't particularly love the the cheap cheaper receivers this week so that's my like only real knock against uh using Johnson this week but mm-hmm. i think in general he's shown that he's he's just such a such a beast both in the pat run and pass game he's you know good for like 170 yards from scrimmage pretty much every week lock it up and a touchdown yeah i mean it's not just the 9700 dollars cost it is the opportunity cost
2: of having to fade players like Mike Evans, Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham that being said i like David Johnson as a a stack option with Carson Palmer Because I think it's two weeks in a row now that he's led the team in targets and catches, which is crazy for David Johnson. Now, normally you think Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald. I like Carson Palmer's matchup at Miami because he's only 7,400. And I was looking at this whole slate, like, who do I stack Carson Palmer with? You go with Fitz, you could try to... Get lucky and get something in the Floyd or one of the Browns or J.J. Nelson or something like that. That's, Don't that's do like it, whack a mole. Yeah, ju- so just uh, you know, chances are, chances are he's gonna David Johnson's going to be his most productive receiver. I see that happening here. Uh, so you know, if you use Carson Palmer and save some money there, maybe that's the way you get David Johnson into your lineup. That's a really good strategy. Mm-hmm. But I like that. yeah, but then again, you're still gonna have to be finding some cheaper receivers. Hopefully, we can get you some GPP backs later on in the show. What about Le'Veon Bell at nine thousand at Buffalo now? Normally, when I when I think Buffalo Bills, you know Ryan brothers defense, of course, uh, I think that it's a tough matchup. Is that necessarily the case though?
3: It's really not. They they they're giving up uh, the twenty or they rank twenty six against the run as far as Fanduel points are concerned, and that's backed up by being twenty fifth as far as uh, rush DVOA is concerned. He had thirty five touches out of the backfield last week. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable, and he had the hundred percent market share. So all the market every share. single who's Fitzgerald touch the Toussaint? Who, yeah, who's D'Angelo? I mean D'Angelo Williams is hurt, but sure. And no Fitzgerald touches, so. Right, so, uh, yeah, Fitz, Tucson, like, uh, just practice squad from the Ravens a few years back, like, just Mm -hmm. a complete non-entity here. So, so, but catching Bell at 9,000 with with a matchup that's better than what he faced last week against Mm -hmm. an improved Giants front, uh, I really like Bell's chances here. And then, you know, we're play- we're talking about playing in Buffalo in December. There might be some weather involved, so that that might take the air out of the ball for Pittsburgh a little bit. And we're going to see Bell, you know, push for a ton of carries again. Yeah, the only share I have
2: of Bell is in a best ball format, and I am chasing big time. I gained like eighty points on the leader this past week because you, uh, you know I had to make up ground after missing Bell the first few weeks. And I'm glad I got at least one share of him so I can take advantage of this. The next tier, John, the eight thousand to 8,900 range, that's starting to really intrigue me a little bit because you start out with a guy like. Zeke Elliott at 8,500, who gets a little bit of a price break. And get some extra rest at the Giants. It's a divisional opponent. Uh, the Cowboys, you know, if they if the Cowboys go on the road and beat the Giants, they can pretty much stomp the Giants into second place in that division. I think you know, getting that head to head
3: and uh, having the much better record so far. So, do you think Ezekiel Elliott has a big role in doing that? Yeah, this this tier is really interesting. I, I could, you know, a case can be made for any of these guys having a really uh, productive day and hitting value for you. Uh, Zeke's a guy that obviously he's going to be fresh and uh you know he's already a, r- a rookie that's you know, going to be fresh regardless, but at this point in the year, you like those extra two days of rest. Wh- whereas the Giants are coming off kind of a grinding, uh, just tough loss at Pittsburgh this past week, where they had to, you know, like I just said, they had to stop Bell thirty-five times. So I think mm-hmm. Zeke uh, will will continue to famously just eat this week. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he goes for well over twenty points <laughs> against the Giants. Yeah, and Zeke at eighty-five hundred might be the cheapest you see him the rest of the season. That's yes.
2: also something to consider here. But another uh, matchup, you know, we talked about the. Late- Davion Bell's side of that uh, Buffalo Steelers matchup. But what about the LaShawn McCoy side? He does play for the home team, going against the Steeler defense that's a sixth in standard fantasy points allowed to opposing backs, and also another one of those teams that's given up 10 touchdowns to opposing backs on the ground, five touchdowns, and 63 receptions to opposing backs on the air through the year that's something that might make you want to think
3: using LaShawn mccoy at 8300 yeah i like i like the pass catching angle that you bring up here and and i think 8300 is a pretty nice price point to get him Mm -hmm. obviously mccoy was a boss this past week as far as just yardage is concerned but Mm -hmm. uh i mean do you do you feel like the the mike gillisley double vulture special from sunday is something Mm -hmm. that potentially carries through this week if the, if the Buffalo Bills get into the red zone? I'm hoping that
2: the Mike Gillisley double vulture special uh, makes owners back off on LaShawn McCoy so that I'm the only one using him because I think I'm going to use him this week. I really like the matchup here. I, so, I like too. the home matchup. It's a game that they pretty much got to win. They're going to give Pittsburgh a run for their money. McCoy's going to get probably three-quarters of the touches, and he's going he's to tear them up mostly through the air, I think, on, on screens and, and checkdowns and that kind of thing where right. you get him the ball in the open field, he'll be all right. What about Melvin Gordon, uh, our guy from the Badgers here, eighty-two hundred at Carolina? I mean, this uh, this Carolina Panthers defense—they started out very stout against the run, but we're at the point in the season where we can't trust season-long numbers as much necessarily, and have to look at the recent sample size. And without Luke Keekley who's in concussion protocol, the Panthers just haven't been doing it against the run.
3: Right? Yeah, it's been a Jekyll and Hyde thing. They—they're they able to to stop the Raiders on the ground pretty much, but that was kind of a weird shootout game in in the the Raiders run deep, run offense in general isn't all that great. So the fact that they were able to hold them to 1.8 yards per carry, that doesn't mean a ton to me, but you you watched this, the game Sunday night. You saw what Thomas Rawls was able to do to them. I just absolutely mm-hmm. gashed them. I think the Seahawks uh, ran for 8.3 yards per carry again, yeah. against them. So. And, and I was super down on Rawls this week. I don't think very highly of Rawls.
2: I didn't take him in any leagues, and I don't I even – Though he's taking over as the back, I, I didn't think of him as a very good matchup. I was, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I, I like guys like Doug Martin even a little bit more than Rawls this week. But he, he just proved how bad the Panthers' defense is, and I didn't necessarily
3: get any higher on Rawls. I just got lower on the Panthers' D I think that's totally understandable. The the one sort of thing that uh, that is making me count against Gordon a little bit is that the Seahawks were able to just jump out to the to this lead immediately you know the panthers start off by by putting in Derek Anderson and subsequently throwing an interception so immediately the Seahawks get this lead, then they just start pounding the ball I mean they were just just absolutely dominating that game in every sense i don 't think San Diego is quite able to do that i don 't really trust their offense as much, so you wonder about gordon 's ability to to wear down that defense and get. The requisite amount of carries, but I, I do like this. This matchup mm-hmm. isn't as daunting as you might have thought it would be, like two or three weeks ago. If you're a Gordon owner, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, yeah, I do agree with you. Uh, I just don't know if I can go
2: out of my way to use Gordon in DFS if Shady's just a hundred dollars more. That's the, that's the only thing that I'm affected that's by. All right, but the third tier things start to get interesting as well. There's some juicy matchups, a lot to like. Seventy five hundred to seventy nine hundred. You got Demarco Murray at seventy nine hundred gets the Broncos. Jordan Howard, last week's DFS hero, he's seventy eight hundred at Detroit. Gets an game. Uh, Matt Forte, 77 at San Francisco. The worst real-life matchup in uh, the, the whole league this week. One yeah, of the juiciest. It's like salt in the eyes. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, after watching the Jets here uh, last night and you know, the 49ers just, uh, just, I don't know, <laughs> roll over for the Chicago freaking Bears. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is just a joke of a matchup, and I won't be watching this game real life, but I might get some Matt Forte shares because of that San Francisco run defense. Then, of course, you get Devontae Freeman at 7,500. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm going to jump on Forte, try to bounce back a little bit, even though his price hasn't quite been able to adjust to a, a pretty
3: slow-down performance on Monday night. You've got to go after the back that's playing the Niners. Yeah, I think, I think that's always kind of a safe play. I think, you know, coming off of this past week where where the Jets were, were just so abysmal, uh, it might be kind of like what you are saying about McCoy and people backing off because he got vultured. Maybe in the same sense, uh, people back off of Forte, uh, but, I mean, geez what what Jordan Howard was able to do against the Niners I think Forte you know can can do something similar and if they are starting Bryce Petty, Petty uh you know are they going to be throwing it a ton? I mean, obviously last night there was... I mean, Robbie Anderson will get 20 targets for the rest of the season. Like, what the heck was that going on? Yeah, But, um, you know, maybe that that had something to do more with the Jets just being down, so obviously they weren't going to be running the ball, Mm -hmm. and I think they wanted to see what Petty could do a little bit, but I think they're going to have a more balanced approach this week to take the pressure off him a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, I think think we'll see some, you know, well into double-digit carries for Forte, and you love that matchup, obviously. Uh, I do like Murray at 7,900 going against Denver. Uh, Obviously, Denver was kind of able to shut down the Jaguars run run offense for the most part but uh, I'd say Demarco Murray is the equivalent of like three T.J. Eldens, so mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm not I'm not totally worried about using him, but I think Howard is probably my favorite play of the, of this little trio. Mm-hmm. Um, going against Detroit, uh, he might have some less rushing attempts this week because the Bears won't be playing in a snowstorm; they'll be playing at Ford Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think that that he's shown that that he's taken over it the lead back role there. And Detroit, uh, I don't think their run defense is all that good. Yeah, and you definitely have to pay up for this week, but based on he showed his ceiling multiple times
2: this season, he could very well do it again. Let's run through the next tier quick, the 7,000 to 7,400. Doug Martin, 7,300 against the Saints. That's a pretty decent matchup. Lamar Miller, 7,200. After the Colts, now that is an interesting matchup. If Lamar Miller is healthy, he just hasn't been able to string it together for the last few weeks, stay in for the entire game. Alfred Blue and the likes of that, and Jonathan Grimes even, are getting him uh, carries. And I'm not seeing any indication of an injury. I mean, he left the game with a rib injury, but was able to come back, finish the game with 14 carries for 22 yards. That's not going to cut it. but. He does have a very juicy matchup against the Colts, but between all those guys, uh, you know, even if it's Jay Ajayi seventy two hundred against the Cardinals, Mark Ingram seventy one hundred at Tampa Bay, and the other side of that uh, that Saints Bucks
3: game, I mean, anybody that you like from this tier at all? I am having trouble trying to make sense of this tier, I, didn't, I think Lamar Miller is the most interesting to me because that matchup is so good. But the the Texans just tend to be a lot worse on the road than they are at home, and obviously, like you said, he's coming off a terrible game, but his his best game of the year, period. Did come against Indianapolis earlier in the season, that <clears throat> that Sunday night game where he went for over 175 yards from scrimmage, a couple of touchdowns, you know, broke his touchdown drought in that game. People were waiting for that. So, you know, it's a question of do you think that he's able to re- recapture that form where, against an Indianapolis team that, you know, I think last night was a bit of an aberration mm-hmm. uh, in pretty much every sense. I don't think that, that, that uh, Indianapolis defense is necessarily capable of basically shutting down uh, the Texans, even if the Texans... Offense Mm -hmm. isn't all that explosive in its own right, so I do like Miller in this tier. I really just don't know what to make of guys like Martin and Ingram at this Mm -hmm. point in the season. What do you think? I mean, Ingram is someone that I'm going to use pretty regularly in my season long
2: formats. I'm not sure I'd go out of my way to use him in daily uh, this particular week. You know, I kind of want to continue to see his usage. Then Doug Martin, I didn't mention. He doesn't have a specific injury, but he got quote bent back on a third quarter carry in uh, you know in Sunday's win over San Diego. So he ultimately played just 30. Six of sixty-five offensive snaps, whereas Jacquizz Rodgers um, ran the ball seven times for twenty-nine yards and uh, got caught hauled in a twenty-one-yard reception. So, I mean, the guy. Uh, he could be in play as a GPP I, you know, hint hint we'll talk about that a little bit later on here but uh, yeah I'm probably fading Doug Martin watching Lamar Miller's health closely if anything Lamar Miller's indoors and that's going to be great for him if he mm-hmm. gets any kind of heavy usage like he got earlier in the season uh, so yeah that's kind of how I see that one playing out let's jump to uh, actually making some lineup decisions here John we're going to de- enter a cash game meaning a 50-50 or a double up or even a head-to-head contest you're shooting for a high floor with your lineup who do you start in terms of running backs uh, the one guy that you're going to build most of your lineups around
3: i'm gonna go with bell here you know uh, i love the david johnson idea uh especially with it with that palmer stack but that 9700 uh makes me want to want to go down a little bit cheaper to bell at at just nine thousand flat with you know given his his market share from this past week you know that he's just such like a vital role of that offense that's nothing new per se but you know the fact that he's coming off with 35 touches it just goes to show you you know just how vital he is to that offense and and the bills bills run defense hasn't been overly impressive like you said even for a rex ryan defense it it really Mm -hmm. hasn't kind of lived up to the billing there so i think bell just has such a safe floor as far as both his his uh his touches and his price Uh, i really think he he's able to hit value in Mm every in every sense of the word yeah
2: I absolutely cannot fault anyone that wants to use Le'Veon Bell this week. I'm going to take the counterpart in that matchup, though, and and go with LaShawn McCoy. I think he's your man. The Steelers giving up five touchdowns through the air to opposing backs. That's as many as anybody else in the National Football League, plus another 10 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards on the ground already. I think the Steelers' defense is one that can be uh, exploited a little bit, especially with a pass-catching back like McCoy. And then I'm also hoping that people stay off him because of the jealousy factor, and that gives me more room to profit. What about GPPs, John? Uh, you want to try to go maybe a little bit cheaper here? Uh, you get some
3: contrarian plays of sorts. Is there anyone that jumps out at you? Yes, actually, uh, potentially Isaiah Crowell. I mean, he checks in at just 5,500, going against Cincinnati, uh, who ranks 23rd against uh, running backs, according to FanDuel, 22nd uh, for DVOA. So he'll be fresh coming off the bye week. And maybe Hugh Jackson uh, maybe has kind of recalibrated the offense, uh, you know, over over the break here, and maybe he's going to try to give the Crow more touches, you know, because mm-hmm. his, touch, his touches have, have kind of been in the single digits very inconsistent. a lot. Yeah, very inconsistent. He did so have 16 carries before the bye, which is encouraging. Like so maybe we catch him on the upswing again here. Mm-hmm. And I think if he does get that that amount of carries, I think he definitely is able to hit value. I don't think that Cincinnati's defense is anywhere mm-hmm. where, it, where it was like even a year ago. And then if you're, if you're really crazy, this is something you'll have to you know keep an eye on for Doug Martin throughout the week. But Jack Kees Rogers at 4,600, mm-hmm. you know, basically – We're 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 just talking about opportunity against the Saints' run defense, Mm -hmm. and I think that's good enough for me. You know, provided that. Uh, Martin comes into the game at least a little bit limited, I think Rodgers is definitely worth a look.
2: Absolutely. I'm going to go back to Crowell real quick. I mentioned 16 carries in week 12 before the bye. That's tied for the second most he's received all season long, so something to watch for there if his uh, workload's like that. The last time that Crowell played the Bengals this year, yes, we're getting to that point of the season where you can take a look at the last matchup. That game was in Cincinnati. Crowell carried the ball 12 times for 63 yards, which is an excellent yards per carry, I mean over five. And uh, then he also scored a touchdown, caught three passes in the uh, back field that was uh you know you don't see you think of duke johnson as the pass catcher but crowell has caught a pass in all but one game this season so he's getting involved in that aspect as well good one to go for i'm gonna again take the counterpart in this matchup here i like jeremy hill at 6900 and that's a little bit pricey to be maybe a gpp play that's right around your average salary per remaining players and even though he got a pretty terrible 1.4 yards per carry last, uh, last week, I like this Browns matchup, even though they're coming off the bye. They're giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs outside of that dreadful 49ers defense there. 13 touchdowns on the ground allowed over 1,500 yards. Uh, there are two teams that have allowed over 1,500 rushing yards this season. One's the Browns, one's the 49ers. I like everything about Jeremy Hill. If you're a little bit uh, risky and think Jeremy Hill is not good, then maybe Rex Burkhead checking in at minimum price might be someone to work for. I mean, he did have a better yards per carry than Hill, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna use Hill in a lot of my FanDuel lineups this week because I'm looking for a bounce back week, and I think after a bad week last week. Uh, people might be off him in terms of ownership.
3: Getting the Browns. Never a bad idea to use someone against the Browns.
2: Yeah, picking the Browns. We'll see if the Bengals are on upset alert this week or not. I would bet against it. Before we sign off, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Just go to rotowire.com slash or I'm sorry, go to fanduel.com slash rotowire. Uh, not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to fanduel.com slash rotowire. If you're already a FanDuel user and still want to check out the website, be sure to go to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D for a free 10-day trial. Once again, I'm Jake latarski You can find me on Twitter at jakeski 52 I'm John McKechnie. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny McKex. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return Wednesday with Paul Bruno and James Seltzer.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done. Which is music to his ears. Call ClayGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it
3: done.